0: Welcome to the Decarb Connect podcast. My name is Alex Cameron, and I'm the founder of Decarb Connect. And today I'm joined by Eugene Holubnyak, who is the Director of Hydrogen Energy Research, or rather the Hydrogen Energy Research Center at the School of Energy Resources in the University of Wyoming. Um, As everybody who listens to this podcast know, I always start with a spectacularly lazy interviewer question, which is basically to get my guests to introduce themselves. So Eugene, could you... Tell us a bit about how you've arrived at this point in time. What, what's brought you to, to do the work that you're doing in, in hydrogen? And, and we'll start there and then talk a bit more about what you're focused on.
1: Alex, uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, I actually prefer the, the self-introductions because that, that kinda, it's a good conversation opener. So... How did I arrive at this position? It's a good question. I do have a diverse background. So I'm, my my education is kind of all over the place. Uh, it's a flavor of uh, mechanical engineering and IT and then aerospace engineering and then applied geoscience. Um, and, uh, my, but my career uh, was basically focused on the energy transition projects uh, from a get-go. So I worked in research and development. I worked for... ERC, which is Energy and Environmental Research Center uh, in North Dakota. And I started uh, there working on CCVS, carbon, uh, basically carbon management, and some of the energy storage and geothermal and unconventional uh, oil and gas projects. And then I transitioned to Kansas Geological Survey. And in Kansas Geological Survey, it was basically the same continuation of of the same um, pathway where I was looking into a commercialization of uh, of the same energy transition projects, but maybe at a little bit different level. So starting as an engineer, but then transitioning in, into, into a more managerial role, where I would have to cover not only engineering parts, but also would be concerned with policy, regulations, and other aspects of, of uh, the field. And then uh, after that, uh, I joined the University of Wyoming School of Energy Resources, uh, we're um, basically heading the new, uh, newly standard uh, research center of excellence uh, on hydrogen. And the uh, School of Energy Resources and the uh, ERC uh, and also Kansas Geological Survey, they're kind of unique units on, on campuses at the universities. They're not exactly uh, your standard uh, departments that that are task of uh, regular academic uh, work so it is a little bit more applied and uh, we normally deal with uh, higher trl in terms of research uh, trl uh, projects and basically hand uh, the, those technologies to ultimately hand those technologies to the commercial sector to to make to make them fully commercial so we're kind of working on that commercialization pathway and we're kind of the, the last standing uh, post b- before we go into the full commercialization uh, aspect of this
0: we're going to talk about you know obviously some of the work the projects that you're involved in but your day-to-day role at the center what how would you describe that
1: well it is uh, considered to be ad- an administrator but uh, because because this, the, the center is uh, newly uh, organized it's um, it's a bit of everything so it's a little bit of uh, promoting the the center it's a little bit of uh, organizing um you know everything from finances to to making sure that uh, i do have people who who share the same mission with me and then looking for uh, funding and then working on funded already funded projects uh, moving science forward
0: okay all right well let's sort of set the scene a bit so we're going to be talking about wyoming obviously and uh, the piloting and testing work that's being done around hydrogen uh, not just individual projects but also what the potential landscape could be like on a wider, wider level. But before we do that, just bear in mind that we have people listening to this from all over the world. So give a, give us a little bit of a a sense of what the energy landscape is like in Wyoming already and, and why that could lay interesting ground for hydrogen economy, for hydrogen technologies to gain traction in the next couple of years.
1: So Wyoming is a very interesting Place we we always have been uh, a state that is an energy uh, exporter uh, because and not only energy but resources by and large we do have a very uh, low population compared to other United uh, United States um, and uh, the, that uh, comes to certain both perks and, and challenges right so we do have uh, energy infrastructure in place uh, we we are num number one in terms of coal exports. Uh, and we are definitely out there, uh, meaning, you know, in, in uh, uh, leading places in terms of natural gas and oil production, and, and of course, export, and also pro- uh, associated products as well. Recently, with, with, with the new uh, aspirations to, to maintain a little bit more a sustainable energy portfolio, Uh, both in the state, but also around us, basically in the markets that are very important uh, to us. Uh, Changes in policies uh, call for changes in portfolio of energy products. And uh, hydrogen is uh, part of that uh, portfolio that that probably will be changing in, in this landscape. And so, of course, we are, uh, very high up uh, there in in terms of the fossil fuel uh, sort of energy generation, we we have an enormous wind resource which we are using. Uh, wind wind energy projects are coming into the space. There is also talks about uh, nuclear power, uh, and not not only talks there are projections uh, that that are coming uh, in the state. And uh, there are you know potentially uh, there is a market for uh, things like data centers that will be major. Uh, energy users, um, and other additional um, industry players that that are looking into the space to 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 have their basis and or their some, some of their capac- capacities to use the energy in in our space are, are coming as well,
0: okay. so I, I imagine that much like the conversation conversations that are going on around Houston and much of Texas, Wyoming has this this similar need to ensure that their current, industry, their current exports have a sort of a, a, an over time transition and that there are a kind of uh, opportunities for the economy further along the line. So it's partly what we're going to be talking about today is more about the technology piloting, but the background is obviously a state and its economy and its its need to sort of make itself sustainable in in the long term as well
1: absolutely and, and as i mentioned uh, it's uh, it's changes in in markets and uh, policies around us in the states that uh, consume our uh, energy um places like california nevada oregon washington uh, change uh, th- their outlook on on energy so they're banning their fossil f- fuel driven vehicles uh, in in, in the near term and uh, in the near future, they're also not very fond of natural gas uh, in or in maybe a little bit long term future as well. And so that um maybe hydrogen uh, would become a better uh, alternative and also possibly uh, just in general um power generation it could could be a little bit more of um um you know become a little bit more of a staple for Wyoming as well, you know, with energy transi- t- transmission uh, lines coming to to other states as well, and hopefully pipelines for hydrogen too. Um, but um, also uh, maybe there is going to be a, made more opportunities to explore more, more resources that uh, Wyoming has to offer. Uh, there are things like mining that that uh, the state prides uh, itself in, and so with mining. Yes, of course, coal mining is there, but there are other minerals and resources that uh, Wyoming has that potentially could be mined and also exported elsewhere.
0: Okay, so we're, we're here to talk hydrogen. We're going to be talking uh, about the Western States Hydrogen Hub Um before we do that, I guess one of the questions that um we talked briefly about when you and I first connected was to what extent, obviously lots happened this year. You know, 2022 was a big year for US federal policy and in many states, state policy. So in terms of the the hydrogen ambition of Wyoming and this Western states hub, what, what was already in motion versus what might be kicking up a gear or made more possible by this kind of recent you know expansion of policy uh, and available uh, incentives
1: so alex just just like you mentioned uh, of course uh, b- policy changes uh, are enormous uh, and uh, the inflation reduction act but also previously in 2021 there was a infrastructure and jobs act um, both of those uh, enable um, basically open the gates to 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 for hydrogen uh, energy and ccus which also relates to hydrogen uh, quite a bit because it's part of the same ecosystem and with that we see intens- intensification on the industry side on commercial side for companies looking for projects and so because Wyoming was previously looking into this uh, I- into this direction into energy transition direction including ccus um, it is a little bit easier for projects to be Standard here in 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 this state, because of the existing policies in Wyoming that are um defining basically for the industry. I'm not I cannot even say that they they're helpful or not helpful. they They basically are certainty for for companies to that they can move forward because they they understand the operational space. they understand what. Kind of poor space regime is going to be here. What uh, what kind of underground injection control is going to be imposed on on a lot, a lot of the of their activities? And so with that, we see major projects, major companies moving in in Wyoming in this space uh, to to basically stand stand their uh, energy production here to make sure that they can utilize uh, the the credits uh, coming from a 45Q um, expanded uh, 45Q and and so on. And for the hydrogen, it kind of provided the same sort of landscape where companies knew that, okay, we we, we now know where, where to move to. We now know how it's going to be uh, operational. And we now know that there's a lot of supporting policies that can enable projects uh, to move forward. And even, even before the hydrogen hub, uh, there, there's a number of uh, incentives uh, uh, that the state uh, put together. So there's Wyoming Energy Authority that... Uh, um, was funded recently in basically its energy office uh, in, in our state that um, funded, helped to fund, basically provided seed funding for, for a lot of hydrogen projects. And so there's uh, um, both blue, uh, meaning um, hydrogen, which is generated from natural gas uh, with CCUS, uh, uh projects that were happening before the hydrogen hub and also green, uh, which means from generated from renewable uh, power uh, projects that that were, were basically uh, standard here in, in in the state of Wyoming even before the the hydrogen hub came came into the picture
0: okay well then let let's step into the hydrogen hub then just can you paint a bit of a picture about what well, this might be the kind of counterintuitive but start the other way around where, where do you think it's going to be in a decade 15 years time like what's the ambition in that kind of time scale and then let's have a look at who is involved right now. Um, but yeah, let's start with what what you see coming down the track for that for that hub operation.
1: For well, the hub operation, it's a very interesting kind of again, like uh, I call those those questions uh, the crystal ball, that uh, type of question, uh, and uh, the the crystal ball question of course is is that uh, you know how certain can i be if, if this this is going to be the you know the case because who knows how how it's going to turn, turn out and so to start that uh the, the, to preface this is that we do move, pr- move produce move store hydrogen today uh there is about 1600 uh, miles of pipeline hydrogen pipeline on the gulf coast currently operational i mean it's not a lot uh, compared to uh, other uh, infrastructure, it's not a lot, but there's also ammonia pipelines uh, that are in place, both here uh, in the United States and internationally. And um, knowing that uh, the, the hydrogen space is growing not only specifically in hydrogen, but also um, things like uh, uh, ammonia and uh, methanol and other uh, um, basically liquid <laughs> organic uh, hydrogen carriers, uh, carrier flus, like, like like this is how they're called. Um we 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 can say that, uh, that you know this infrastructure will likely to grow, and the reason I'm very optimistic about this is in in Wyoming is again because we do have uh, the infrastructure in place for CCUS. Uh, there are prides of ways that uh, that are currently in place for uh, CO2 pipelines, and uh, because there's kind of general understanding of how to move those tricky fluids that that previously they were not uh, not not uh, you know in, in in that scale of operation, and uh, the, but the main the main concern remains is that how do we scale scale this up? How do we make it uh, ten times uh, uh, what uh, the current uh, carrying, uh, producing, and using capacity is? And so that that is going to be tricky. But uh, again, I'm 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 optimistic about this. I think um, uh, Wyoming and Colorado, New Mexico, Utah will become um original hub where the both CO2 is produced stored and um moved into 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 the markets and because in general we are low in population yes of course Colorado has a little bit more than Wyoming definitely uh there are there are population centers uh, around us that, no doubt about it but um in terms of the scale, I think most of that uh, hydrogen production ultimately is going to be moving moving outside of uh, th- those four states, most likely to to the shores, either to uh, Houston area, basically, and uh, and to um, California and uh, Washington, uh, to to major basically um, population and uh, production centers.
0: So, so in terms of how the hub might look and feel, though, like what what are you expecting? Because I suppose if, if let, let's bring it back to a UK experience for a moment, um, you take something like a net zero T side or some of the hubs we have here. Mm-hmm. There's this there's a sense of both who the industrial customers might be, what the assets are that are going to be developed. And so but what what do you think are the, the primary assets, for example, that might be developed as part of the hub programme?
1: So currently, uh, we see that um, there's a lot of uh, wind, uh, basically renewable uh, generation capacity is being built and a lot of projects that are moving into the space to produce uh, hydrogen with uh, green electricity. Uh, we'll see how sustainable those are uh, because of the, you know, water is scarce. So we'll see hopefully uh, this this. Uh, Point will be basically it's it's a matter of you know getting to the water rights so and using using water uh, in in a sustainable way right sustainable fashion so to make sure that, that you know everyone is fine with, with with those projects using water so i'm, I'm optimistic about this but uh, but also uh, i think in the, in the, ultimately in you know, larger scale projects will will be uh, fossil fuel generating at first Uh, until the electrolysis process will be understood a little bit better Uh, because I mean I mean yes it is simple simple process but uh, yet at the same time it it is not not um, optimized uh, to to the level that where we would like it to be it is still expensive Uh, there's still a question about uh, the the feedstock for very pure water for for electrolysis so most likely very large scale uh, projects so that produce a lot of a lot of uh, hydrogen will likely be the blue hydrogen generation coming from natural gas of uh, some of the purified water coming from the uh, basically natural gas production in place and so Wyoming is sort of uh, lucky in this uh, space because yes we we have produced water uh, coming from those projects but this produced water oftentimes is very low salinity so it is theoretically could could be treated uh cheaper than, than other options and so with that i think uh, a lot of a lot of the first large-scale projects are going to be um blue flavor and that uh, uh also comes another challenge if you start having a lot of uh, capacity uh, you know production generated then what what is how do you how do you supposed to move it um pipelines are tricky um yes of course we do have a lot of capacity we're better positioned uh than, than other states I think um but uh, e- even even in our case uh, pipelines are not going to be built overnight uh, it's going to be a longer process uh, with a lot of negotiation and uh, uh land rights and so on and so forth and so this, especially in a, in a place like hydrogen and so before that uh, it's going to be moved uh, somehow else so it's probably going to be blended in the existing existing pipelines. So we'll be burning it probably at first in, in the existing natural gas power generating plants. And then also moving it via rail and or truck uh, in a smaller scale for the retail market as well.
0: Okay. And getting that crystal ball out again, like if you had to make a guess, how soon or when do you think there might be some... Commercial operations up and running, like really the beginnings of what would become more of a, a you know statewide uh, economy.
1: So my guess would be, and this is coming also from discussions with the operator and and companies, um, their timeline is about five to ten years, uh, most likely, uh, and this is coming from from very large scale operators with uh, in financing already in place uh, with their own finances or, uh, you know, investors that, that that are already behind them. So if I would have to guess, it would be at least, at least uh, five years to 10 years uh, timeline.
0: Okay. And then do you, you sort of alluded there to the, um, operators and developers that are already in in the mix and in conversation. So, so who is uh, involved, either public entities or or private entities, right now, and and what kind of groups do you still need to draw in to really flesh out this this plan? Do you think?
1: So there are a couple of challenges here. So you know there are large companies and the the, the there is a public. Um, public concept paper for the hub that that was published uh, recently and um and this is something that uh, you know you, you can take a look at and, and see what uh, what what kind of i don't exactly remember what what kind of information is open or not but uh, you know based on the information that is publicly available there is a a variety of, uh, companies that, that are playing in the space. And a lot of them are midstream, um, providers, uh, companies like Williams, companies like Tollgrass, uh, they're also power generating, uh, entity utilities. Basically it's, a BlackRock, it's a major utilities that, that, that are present in, in this area that they're, they're definitely are interested in hydrogen providing, um, and, in Basically, using hydrogen and also producing hydrogen, both both uh, components of that. And then there's a variety of uh, startups and um, smaller companies. I you know uh, that that are uh, very much present in the space. We will see how how they will become, uh, you know, uh, in in the coming years. But there are wind uh, generating projects that are also tribal entities that uh, that are moving in especially in new mexico there is uh, at least five tribal entities that i know of uh, that that are looking into mm-hmm. into uh, um, either utilizing or uh, producing hydrogen from solar and from wind and from from other uh, sources as well mm-hmm. uh, so that's uh, kind of general l- landscape and um, you know in terms of um, startups uh, there is this, uh, there are startups that are trying to utilize coal resources that are startups that are trying to utilize uh, and and natural gas and some of and a lot of them are are actually in in this uh, green green generation space uh, for both solar and and, and as well and then for uh, the components uh, that is using uh hydrogen so this ecosystem is also growing uh, and you know i know that there's a lot of uh, concerns that it's probably kind of a bit less defined space, but uh, yet at the same time, I'm aware of uh, multiple companies uh, that are hydrogen production uh, side that uh, they, they have for uh, the agreements with uh, multiple uh, users uh, of hydrogen for the offtake. And so the, what is potential offtake? It's definitely um, distribution centers and uh, probably... Uh, another another part that is coming it's uh, uh, class a class eight trucks uh, large trucks semi semi trucks that, that could be um potential user for for hydrogen so beyond the electricity and, and uh, power generation
0: i mean obviously the western states it's a, a collaboration across these states but wyoming particularly has i guess some real benefits for infrastructure builders particularly around permitting and i know we ran an event not long ago in dc where the big the big thing that just kept coming up everywhere, especially down in some of the Gulf states, was the challenge of, of permitting and how over a stretch of, you know, a dozen or 50 or 100 miles or more, you could be in many, many different jurisdictions that needed to be navigated carefully. Not the case in Wyoming or slightly simpler? How would you describe that?
1: I would be a little, like I said, I would be a little bit more optimistic about this, um, because just in general how how receptive the state is and how it is willing to change and um, you know diversify the portfolio, just to be sure that we're you know moving into the sustainable uh, sustainable um, energy uh, production generation and resource uh, production and generation. so i th- I am a little bit more optimistic about this i do have some of the experience uh, of this and the flavor of this in kansas where it is not as um as easy to 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 move forward although kansas is a pipeline um pipeline friendly state it is not was not as easy to move the for the the co2 pipelines but for for hydrogen um infrastructure here um, just in general in the region i'm, I'm more optimistic um and again it's going to be it's going to be tricky but like i said it's not going to be overnight uh, because oh, there's a kind of perception right now in in a in kind of broader, broader uh, uh scene that the, you know pipelines are going to happen next day uh, tomorrow we'll have we'll have pipelines no it's not <laughs> it's not going to be the case uh, it's it's impossible and so with that, I think uh, the blending uh, will, will come first. And then the next next uh, is going to be some of the dedicated pipelines uh, will, be, will be built.
0: Okay. And before we just take a look at where some of the investment is coming from, obviously we've talked about the fact that some of the funding – can come from well it has already come from some state-led programs but there is going to be the opportunity for some federal-based funding but but that comes with obligations right and i forgive uh, forgive me the us listeners because you will probably already know what these types of obligations are but again for the international audience what are some of the uh the things that you have to take into account if you are taking uh federal federal money and incentives
1: basically if if not for federal support uh this space is not going to be it would not be as exciting as it is today this is this is uh, real uh, we have to acknowledge it if not for for the federal support this space would, would be a lot more dull uh this needs to be put forward but uh, i need as a as a person who deals with uh, federal funding uh all the time with department of energy grants um uh, they definitely come with, uh, with a certain um caveats. And one of those is a, is a reporting uh, that is a, maybe a little bit more strenuous than than normally would be in the in the industry because industry doesn't care that much and about about uh, reporting on on progress uh, of of certain things. It's much simpler uh, in in inside the industry. And uh, it's a lot less uh, sort of strings attached. So with DOE, you, you have to comply with certain procedures. And this is where some some companies, not, lot, not all of them, but some companies find it um, uh, you know a little bit more taxing on their day-to-day operations. And then there's a certain amount of information that you will have to release because it's a publicly uh, funded project. So you, will, you will have to release some of that information to the public. And then there is another layer to that. Uh, that okay, you you have your reporting, you have your uh, kind of open open books, a little bit of open book uh, t- type of situation. Where well, you know, after some period of time, you you'll have to re- release some of that information. But uh, on top of that, there's there's another uh, kind of component where, of course, companies that are more established uh, would be looking to get uh, the, the funding from from the federal side but then also the startups would, would be looking to uh, the problem with startups is that it is uncertain if if these companies will survive longer but uh, if you ask me those those entities require the federal funding more than than uh, some of the established companies oftentimes those established companies already have uh, very deep pockets and, and investors that are you know interested in coming in so if it was me, I would be maybe, uh, you know, pay an attention a little bit on 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 that uh, kind of up and coming uh, companies end, but um, I do understand uh, that uh, it is a very kind of very peculiar situation where you have to be very careful about how you how you judge um, you know, who is going to be uh, the recipient of of, of the funding. Uh, so that's that's kind of the you know. What what comes with uh, with the funding? It's basically reporting an open book, and and of course not all of the companies are uh, comfortable with that.
0: So let let's um look aside from the kind of federal state uh fi- you know financial aid that's available to be tapped into. Are you yet seeing uh, much sign of the, the private sector bringing funds to the table? Like, are there people putting their hands up? Are they just sniffing around a bit, or what's the kind of how would you describe the kind of discussions and, and the level of interest at the moment.
1: The level inter- of interest in in projects, both uh, actually the CCS side and and, uh, and maybe you know maybe it's another point to kind of explore how CCS is related to 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 hydrogen. But uh, the, the 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 space is kind of in in terms of private funding. You know, private investors are much more interested than than they used to be. Uh, and that happened basically, sort of overnight, uh, in the recent couple of years. Um, and those um, private investors, uh, private entities, a lot of them are. You can you can actually divide them. I'm not not going to be you know naming names. It's it's a little bit too sensitive. But uh, uh, but. Uh, the landscape is like this. So you have Canada uh, that uh, released their uh, basically carbon carbon stick. So the the federal investments uh, here, 45Q for 45V, other others uh, they are carrots. So they they are incentives of that. They're not uh, punishing, but uh, Canada decided to punish. Uh, and uh, if you emit uh, CO two uh, in the future in Canada. Then you'll have to pay your your carbon tax, and that carbon tax costs quite a bit of money. I'm I'm not not sure about the, the you know the exact number. It is all you know. I'm much more uh, well versed in 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 the domestic uh, market uh, in the domestic uh, space. But but in Canada, it's at uh, an order of two hundred dollars per ton of CO two. It's a quite substantial tax that that comes with the carbon generation, and with that we see. Entities like uh, pension funds uh, stepping in, and they are very certain uh, investors that that are definitely uh, are interested in picking projects uh, to to move forward. And so we recently saw uh, not only companies like uh, you know large operators uh, receiving those funds, but actually more of the startup type of um, uh, companies moving into the space with a lot of uh, Support and backing from from different uh, entities, and so, but also there is um you know private investment coming like places like BlackRock and uh, similar similar uh, entities that back the the regular uh, oil and gas projects, but also. Power utilities and, and uh, wind, uh, wind and solar uh, generating uh, options. And the same with the with the use side, we we see the same. The private private investors are waking up and uh, actually funding funding the space.
0: So we're we're seeing the kind of increase of interest from private. We've got these kind of federal. And state uh, pillars, if you like, that are ready to support. I guess the next, the next part of this that's needed, especially if it's going to be led by uh, renewables, uh, is is you know, technology like energy storage. Uh, so, energy storage and also the other components of a, a healthy hydrogen value chain. How much of that exists right now that you think is needed for this hub, and, and how much is part of the the whole development cycle?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, I, the way I look at hydrogen is primarily as a energy storage uh, vehicle. It's um, it's very efficient uh, way to store energy, and both on the, on a large scale and on the, on a smaller scale as well. Uh, and in terms of uh, existing projects, uh, currently we know how to use large scale storage uh, for for hydrogen. There are several places that uh, companies like Lindy and there are a couple of others uh, that are looking at, but uh, currently there are operational projects and one in the UK with the bedded salt uh, bedded salt storage and it's been operational for some time. And uh, there's uh, domal salt uh, projects in, on on the Gulf Coast and then of course there's Utah project that is uh, funded by Department of Energy that is will become operational at some point of time. It's currently under construction. We'll see how efficient it's going to be, but it's a major major project. Uh, you know the the magnitude of uh, at least the federal side was uh, about 500 million uh, invested in this. So that that that's kind of the range of of uh, of the investment in that project. So we we learn we will learn more about this, but it's not widespread at the moment. Uh, we don't know exactly how it's going to be you know, operational. Um, and but uh, the the it is pro- very promising. Um, very promising tech and a lot of uh, a lot of companies uh, seems to be um, understanding that uh, it, it it could work in, in for for their portfolio and if we're if we're talking about uh, moving um renewable energy on the next uh, to the next level and uh, it to make funding of those projects sustainable we'll have to think about hydrogen storage as a component of the energy storage portfolio
0: and how about the the rest of that value chain around around this hub? what What else is sort of maybe still a bit kind of conceptual rather than uh, solid, would you say?
1: Well uh, actually one one more <laughs> maybe even not not even in the in um, technical side, but there's a kind of soft side about this. And so there is a public awareness, and uh, kind of people right now are from from what i understand are kind of hesitant on the hesitant side about hydrogen you know just general public is, is excited about this but uh, i cannot say that uh, that uh, they're supportive or they're against it and so this this the educational component is very important and needs to happen and then there is uh, another component, which is the um, um, underprivileged, basically um, depressed communities that uh, are re- result of uh, a lot of change, basically tectonic changes in, in how the economy works and how society works in general. But uh, but uh, nevertheless, I think these uh, parts need need to be addressed uh, as well as we move forward. And hopefully, hydrogen can bring additional jobs and or uh, job security to some of those communities as well. And then the third one which is uh, kind of concerning too and kind of not not well understood what what is exactly happening in this space is a work uh, workforce so one thing that is understood that yes there is needs to be more training uh for in in this space we need we need more uh more people who are um who, who understand how how to deal with hydrogen in general and yeah there's some retraining and so recertification that is going to be happening that's that's number one. But then the, the second component is that companies need personnel today, and I know that a lot of them, many of them, are struggling to find to find candidates for 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 their uh, positions. And um, it is a bit it is it, it is a bit puzzling. I, nobody is sure in what is happening, why it is happening, <laughs> uh, and probably will require like additional. Um, investigation in the space but um but uh, these kind of soft components of, of the hub are very important so, of the hub. but in general just uh, hydrog- hydrogen and 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 at that energy transition economy uh, will, will be very important
0: yeah the the personnel um issue came up in a another podcast i did recently with h2 green steel and mm-hmm. and talking to case there we would you know, she made the point that they had been deliberately hunting globally for the talent that they needed. And and mm-hmm. she sort of predicted that whilst everyone at the moment is obsessed around the technology and the capability and the possibility, she's like, the, the real battle is going to be for those that have uh, any level of experience in, in hydrogen technology, it's going to be, you know, very hard, very hard to recruit those people, you know, in the next five to 10 years
1: right no i think um, i think this is spot on i i i hear the same from mul- multiple directions and multiple companies and different stakeholders are very concerned about this yes
0: okay well um we're going to sort of wrap up in, in a moment but let me just bring you uh, bring back the conversation to the work you're doing right now um at the hydrogen energy research center so obviously you know we've been talking about this a hub and, and so many things that are really, you know, we're talking 5, 10, 15, 20 years. But but right now, what are the parts of the puzzle that you and your team are, are trying to unpick? Or what are, the, what are the elements that you're really focused on in the very short term that are sort of building blocks, perhaps, to, to bringing this online?
1: Our team at the School of Energy Resources is uh, there are several kind of key, key areas. So we support uh, with our technical expertise. We support WISH and, and WISH Hub. And hopefully we'll continue doing this uh, in in years to come. We think it is a very interesting project and uh, we, we hope that it will be basically building this infrastructure uh, around hydrogen ecosystem uh, in, in our states uh, around us. And so that has been kind of... Uh, one one of the focuses of of our of our uh, center but uh, but moving forward uh, there are other other areas that that we also support so we do support those uh, um several projects that that are happening uh, in the hydrogen space again providing technical expertise to both the green uh, green uh, hydrogen generation with williams and then there's a blue bison uh, project for the tall grass so this is something that uh, that we uh, supported and um there is also Jonas, that's a local, com- more local kind of uh, company that uh, there is natural gas product producer, natural resources producer too. So they're very interested in hydrogen too. So we're we're trying to support them. Uh, and then we also apply for funding for future grants. And so one one of the projects that we are that is currently pending is is a desalination with a steam methane reforming module that we're uh, building together with uh, Los Alamos National Lab Williams and um, e- and the local uh, manufacturer uh, engineering company. Uh, John Cornish is, is one of those people who, who will support us in this in this endeavor. And then there's also a hydrogen energy storage project also with uh, Los Alamos and uh, Anschutz um that that we will are looking forward to so hopefully both of those will, will get funded maybe at least one <laughs> but but uh, if, you know we'll continue we'll continue um, moving that space uh that, that kind of our niche where we are looking at the higher tRL uh, projects and moving them into, into the commercial space
0: and if you had a, a wish you know for the kind of companies you'd like to see stepping into this or Maybe it's the fund finance. side. <laughs> could be the finance. Could be technology. Anything. Who who would you most like to see engaged with this right now, rather than delaying or or being a future partner? What what's needed now to to move it forward? Do you think?
1: No, I I think everything is is moving in 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 places. Uh, actually, we are very blessed with the support from multiple industrial partners uh, and. Uh, and the the reason for this is is that they're very much interested in the space. Uh, they're also kind of you know they're they're not certain if it's going to work or not, but they're very hopeful about this, and they're doing every every right steps. They're moving in into this decision, uh, into into this uh, space, you know, very diligently. the 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 thing that I'm actually very optimistic about is that a lot of the companies that we are dealing with. Um, they are very serious about this, and they they do have uh, their best uh, talent uh, looking into 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 the hydrogen space um in particular you know i'm very impressed with williams of with, with Anschutz, with the uh, you know with the tall grass with the level of uh, involvement and the level of uh, talent that they uh, throw at at these uh, at these projects so it's it's very very impressive definitely so Right
0: well Eugene thanks so much I know it's always it's always a a big ask to say to someone describe hydrogen in Wyoming but I think you've done a a good job at sort of mapping out what's happening um and also really this kind of chunky hubs plan that's evolving and sounds like it's evolving at quite a pace now so thank you very much for that and um anyone that is listening i will do my best to get the western states hydrogen hub concept paper as one of the links in the pod notes and i'll also be asking eugene uh, for some links to the work of the uh, hydrogen energy research center so that you can understand a little bit more about what the school of energy resources is doing too Uh, but eugene thank you again
1: Alex, thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you for this opportunity to talk a little bit about Wyoming and and, and my center as well. Thank you very much. You're welcome.